Hello, friends. Kirk Henderson and Josh Bow of MavsMoneyBall.com joining you for Mavs Moneyballs After Dark. It's about 9.15 on Sunday night, October 30th. Josh, how are you? I'm doing pretty good. I could get used to these um, 6.30 start times. That's two in a row now. Delightful. Uh, we're going to pay for it later, but enjoy it now. It's delightful. It's delightful. <laughs> um, Mavericks just won against the uh, Orlando Magic. 114 to 105. This is the third time you're hearing from us in like four nights. I mean, not not just four nights, but also like <laughs> 30, like 30 hours since we recorded a podcast last night, reported the live show after that. Um, don't really have any umph left after last <laughs> night's uh rage blackout. Um, the Mavericks defeated the Orlando Magic though, 114 to 105. Uh, they pulled themselves back to 500. It was a much needed bounce back win because as as discussed kind of ad nauseum, the, the loss to the Thunder was one of the worst losses in history. Like period. Period. <laughs> for for anyone who missed this stat and thinks that I'm being, you know, a normal idiot Kirk, according to Tim McMahon, and NBA teams were nine thousand nine hundred and seventy-five and one when leading by 16-plus points in the final four minutes of the fourth quarter over the last 25 years. The Mavericks make that record 9,975-2 and two after the loss to the Thunder. So that loss was as bad as we drove home. Uh, it was worth the freakout. I, no I feel no problem being mad about it, but at the same time, we come back and they get a win. Uh, Luka Doncic scored 30 in the first half to pace kind of a sleepy Mavericks team. And then I felt like in the the second half, things were okay. Mavericks kind of pulled ahead on pure talent as the, the uh, Magic sort of stopped shooting the ball really well. Then the bench unit, once again, uh, unique, I need you to tell me who all was in this unit, but a bench unit, a mixed bench unit, really pulled the Mavericks ahead, which kind of gave them the game. And the Mavericks walked away with a win. Yeah. And, you know, sort of feel like the biggest difference between this game tonight and the game last night is that the Thunder had Shea Gilgis Alexander and the Magic do not. Um, you know, because the Magic and the, like, the Magic got off to a good, they had a good first quarter because this JaVale McGee thing just keeps happening. Um, and the defense is just really bad when he's on the floor because he's, he just can't really move right now. And so the Magic scored 34 points in the in the first quarter. And then their other big spurt came at the start of the third where they took like a five-point lead in the third. And that, again, happened in the you know first couple of minutes that JaVale McGee started. Uh, outside of that, uh, their offense didn't really do too much. And, I mean, they have like five guys injured. Almost all of them are guards. Um, they didn't play a single point card. Uh, tonight, unless you count RJ Hampton, who's not who is a a, a shooting guard and a point guard's body, um, I mean they basically played a bunch of small forward and power forwards the entire game, and you could tell in the fourth quarter, like it was it was very obvious that they needed a table setter, and you had uh, Banchero just taking some wild. Uh, long contested mid range jumpers. He'd been sort of due for a rough game because he'd been cooking for the for the previous five, and he did not look like the player I've seen. No, and I mean he didn't have. I mean he wasn't getting easy buckets. I mean there was no one on the Magic that could set him up to get 
easy looks and the Mavericks uh, definitely capitalize that. I mean, it's a stark difference when you see them like just kind of dribbling around aimlessly and then he takes a hand in his face 18 footer and then the Mavericks are on the other end, get a Luka Doncic layup uh, in like five seconds. And it's like, oh, okay. And, and that's kind of, you know, all it was. And defensively they were much, you know, even though the Magic don't really have much to offer offensively, um, the defense was sharper uh, outside of the JaVale minutes. It and- got sharper. As the game went on, it really improved. The first half was a mess. Yeah. And again, I mean, I felt like whenever McGee was on the floor, that's kind of when it was the most mess. But uh, otherwise, like, this is like, there were a lot of people, like, really angry in the first half on my timeline. And I was kind of confused why. Like, I mean, this is the second half of back-to-back, third and four nights. Like, we kind of, like... I would have bet all the money in the world that the Mavericks wouldn't have led after the first quarter, but would probably win the game. Interesting. And I, I mean, you know, they just, they're going to get up to a slow start. Like that just kind of felt like it was in the cards, right? Like just with the way they've been playing and, and the schedule. And then, you know, this is a weird magic team. They probably, you know, you don't play, run up a lot of teams that play what four out of their five starters were six, six or yeah, taller. That's true. That's so true. It was weird, you know, I just could imagine that being weird. And then, you know, eventually I felt like it was going to, the Mavericks would just, you know, win out with how much better they are just from a talent perspective, unless they had, you know, I just didn't, I don't anticipate having two historic collapses back to back. So, um, yeah, this was like, like in the NBA, you have games like this where it's like, who cares if you win, like how you win, like just win, like they just needed to win this. Yes. Like, well, and then there were a couple of performances, which frankly we'd been needing to see. Uh, uh, the first person that comes to mind is Tim Hardaway Jr. Even though his, his shooting line was a pretty horrific five of 15, he scored 21 points because he got to the line eight times. And I, I still, I still would like my man, Tim Hardaway to pass the ball to an open Christian Wood, which he missed probably four times by my casual count. Uh, but I, I felt the aggressiveness was was nice on that in that regard. Uh, and then the other guy who played a really like as get right game is not fair because he does a lot for the Mavericks. But in 29 minutes, uh, Dorian Finney Smith had seven shot attempts, scored 13 points, and and really more importantly, grabbed eight rebounds. Uh Dorian was his his fingerprints were in the closing minutes of this game really important hit two big threes to kind of you know push away what felt like a a slightly creeping Mavericks collapse along the way um nice to see him play well just uh, it's it's something we've been kind of like monitoring off key like wondering you know hey when we're when are we gonna have a Dorian game and, and tonight was the Dorian game yeah for sure he looked good um that three he made was uh, I think they were up like 97 104 and uh, i think there was like two minutes left and he made that three after uh, the mavericks forced a turnover that was big it kind of felt like the dagger uh to end the game uh, he definitely had his hand in guarding banchero making sure he had a bad night so yeah kind of like this is like you know the typical dorian game and then for me uh i wanted to shout out uh, dwight powell in 12 minutes I think, you know, you said it, like Dwight Powell is coming back. I I think he is back. Um, I, he didn't start, but he was the first big off the bench in the third quarter and not Christian Wood. Uh, and in 12 minutes, he only had five points and four rebounds. But, I mean, there's I mean, there's just a decisive difference in the way Powell plays and the way McGee plays. And 
there are going to be nights eventually where the Mavericks will need the specific attributes that that McGee brings in terms of his size and his length. Like they're going to maybe play against a big team and they're going to need him to sop up some minutes and maybe just some fouls if they're playing against like a Joel Embiid or, or a Jokic or or just something like that. Um, but in games like these games where, you know, you're playing against, you know, more athletic, quick, quick footed teams. I mean, pal just makes a lot more sense. And yeah. I mean, his effort level and energy level is just, it feels a little, uh, makes contagious. A big difference. Yeah. No, it makes a, it makes a big difference because Luca needs energy. Um, play. He, he responds to energy. He responds to challenges. He responds to energy. And, I'm pretty sure we said this last night, but if we didn't, I'm going to state it in no uncertain terms. JaVale McGee was an awful signing. They need to relegate him to the bench until he proves something with minutes. He is so painfully useless. It's not fun or funny. It's awkward. He was a negative 12 in nine minutes. He make bad choices. He's not putting up, like he used to put up empty stat contributions. He's not even doing that. So until he's doing something of note, they need to bench him. They just need to bench him. He needs to prove it. Uh, I, I, that's, you know, maybe he will. Maybe he'll come back. Maybe he secured his last bag and he's fine with this. But he deserves none of the minutes he's getting at this point. Promises or no. Uh, really delighted to see the effort from Powell because I do think that sort of thing is contagious, which then leads to, to speaking of contagious, I, I do think we at least need to uh, address the fact that for the second straight night, Josh Green gave them a lot in a little bit of time 17 minutes he scored six points one of two from three uh did a lot of like scrappy stuff uh things that were you know diving on the floor for loose balls like going up for offensive rebounds he's i've liked his footwork on defense where he's not getting you know completely cooked on on dribble moves while as he's guarding some of the few ball handlers the magic had i just i'm very hard on josh green i think that the discourse surrounding josh green is bordering on toxic uh, because people expect things out of him that I just don't want to put on his plate. But I do think that we have to to at least admit when he comes into the game, these past two games, he's made a big difference when he's played. And and that's something to to look into. Yeah, he has six steals in, his, in the last three games, in, mm-hmm. in the Nets, Thunder, and, and now this Magic game. And, and yeah, I think that's something that's really bugged me with Green is that you would – there's been you know a twinge of like disappointment to his start to the season and i feel like you know despite the fact that like he's doing things and he's getting into games and he's directly leading into wins which by the way did not happen all that often last season like no. he did he got more minutes in his rookie year but i mean his impact was was you know they just he just didn't impact the game in ways that influenced winning and i feel like that the expectations after like watching that live practice and like the open scrim, like the training camp stuff, like people got really, that got out of whack and I don't understand why. And if that, if those expectations weren't there, I think everyone would agree. Like, Hey, he's been good. He's been solid. He's been doing what he needs to do uh, when he's been put on the floor. And that's all you can really ask for at this point. Like, yeah, he's not going to, if you're mad that Josh Green isn't doing more and isn't showing off like playmaking chops and isn't running backup point guard minutes, like that's kind of on you. For, for watching an open scrimmage and 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 just kind sure. of running away with it, and, or if you're just still mad about like who was drafted uh, in front of you know behind him in the 2020 draft, like we just kind of have to let that part go when we're just talking about what he's doing on the court 
Um, cause that the other discussion, like that's a bigger discussion about like, off, like that's not pertinent, like on a game by game basis. We just have to watch what he does in the minutes he's getting and, and does he make an impact? Yes or no. And in the last, what, three or four games, I would say, oh yeah, hell yeah, he has. And that's great. Yep. But, and if you're expecting anything more and, and you're still disappointed, like, I don't know what to tell you, but, um, these minutes are good. I will say so the one thing, like in the first couple of games, I was disappointed with him because it just didn't look like like the big thing I was looking for him was like, okay, what is improved from from last season? And like the first three games, he wasn't putting up any shots and still kind of had that tentative feel, which is something he directly addressed in training camp. And I was like, ah, that's kind of disappointing that he's still kind of showing this. He's shooting a little bit more in these last three games, which is great. But for me, the thing that I've noticed is his finishing at the basket uh, real nice is way better. And this some- is something that dogged him in college and dogged him up until now. Like if he can consistently finish around the bucket, that's going to make a giant difference for his impact when he gets on the floor. Yeah. Well, and it's difficult to talk about this because there's just not the volume. Yeah. I mean, right now, prior to tonight's game, so including tonight's game, he was two of three. So including tonight's game, he's nine of 14 for the season shooting anywhere. So he's taken 14 shots in six games. It's just it's difficult to judge that. Like Luka Doncic yeah. takes fourteen shots in a half. <laughs> it's it's a different standard of judgment, and that's not that's not a criticism. It's just a note. So I would like for him. You know, he even tonight he passed up a couple of looks. He uh, did, but the attacking is nice. The the I feel like there's an a we're we're rounding a curve on elements of decision making that are moving away from frenetic hot potato basketball to I'm going to do this specific thing when I'm in this situation that I recognize. So I don't know. I'm pleased. I am. I'm really tough on the guy. And I, I, it's just, it's something to, to, it's not going to happen every game, the slow build, you know, he's going to have a step back. That's fine. But with this rotation, he doesn't necessarily have to come in and play amazing every game. You know, if, if he can spell, like there's been a lot of complaints, like, like loud complaints about Reggie Bullock minutes uh, because Bullock's been kind of ineffective in my, I, just, I think it's true. And it's like, is there any way to kind of curb Bullock's minutes as he figures his way out? I mean, he figures his way out every year. There's just, it gets, there's math to show it if you go look month by month. And so if, if Wood can care, I'm sorry, if, if Green can help in that regard, that's nice, which, yeah. I mean, and then like the, the last person I think is worth, you know, touching on is, is Christian Wood. Um, Jason Kidd had kind of a bizarre, post-game quote that or pre-game quote that I felt um that I felt like was it was a shot at Christian Wood more or less is what I felt it's like or I should go find the Tim McMahon quote it's it's let me just get this is much better than me shooting my mouth off um the Tim McMahon quote before the game was where did we go here just really great podcasting I'm sorry guys um I can't find it. What's wrong with me? Oh, here it is. Being unselfish is a big thing that we talk about in that locker room. And that goes for everybody. There were elements in the game last night where Wood got visibly unhappy with some of the times he didn't have the ball. Now I could be reading way too much into this, but Wood is a talented player and Wood is going to need to figure elements of what, you know, he needs to be doing better in this in this offense because he had a great first four games and has had a rough past two games. But he apparently, you know, Kid uh, apparently mentioned him after the fact 
uh, after the game tonight saying that he thought he played a better game, which is just, it's like, I don't know if we need to, to be doing like these sort of, these sort of things with what's it's too early in the season to be doing these, these elements of things with this, the, with a guy who I think is kind of a ceiling raiser for your team. Now that said, the Mavericks have played two kind of rough games in a row. Wood didn't have great games, even though he finished with the plus seven, he did have 10 boards. He did rebound the ball. Well, I thought he defended. Okay. Considering their length. What did you think about his game? Yeah, I thought I thought he defended okay. There were a couple moments where he kind of got pump faked out of position or was late on a rotation. Um, there was a funny play where I think Luca was guarding. I can't remember who was guard. Like I think Luca was guarding uh, Wendell Carter, and and Wood was guarding someone off the ball. And I was kind of like, man, do they really just not trust this guy to guard centers? <laughs> they really just want him off the ball. And then like uh, he kind of got beat a little bit back door uh, or helping, and he just was a little bit late on his rotation. But otherwise, uh, you know, I can't complain too hard. The Magic's big men didn't. You know, Bulbul had a really nice game, uh, and Wendell Carter, I guess, finished statistically with a nice game. But I swear, to, swear, I felt like every shot he took he missed. But he was five of ten. But I, I think the thing with Wood is he, you know, I'm just curious because we, I talked about this last night. Like after that Pelicans loss, we all talked about like this guy needs to be on the floor more. That he needs to be more involved in the offense. And since then, his shots have have gone down in the three games like the first like first three games of the season when everyone was like man this guy's great like let's just let's just push it up let's let him play more minutes let's let him get more shots and then the following three games he's he's actually shooting less we've had five shots against brooklyn 10 against the thunder six against the magic oh, i felt um, i felt the mavs were looking him off like late stage chris yeah i guess tonight like there there were some real like what are we doing here boy he is where he had rj hampton like, pinned under the basket mm-hmm. once and and the play went to tim hardaway jr for a three Ended up getting fouled, so it worked out. But yeah, they need to figure out his minutes on the floor and like the the finishing, closing, whatever. Like if he's not playing the minutes, whatever. Like that that can be something that can get salt. Like I'm not worried about that as much. I think I'm more worried about like okay when he's actually on the floor. Like what are they doing with him? And if he's playing twenty, like I don't see how you play him twenty four minutes and you only get six shots. I don't know if that's on him. That's on the team. That's on coaches. That's on Luca. Like. His his gift is scoring and scoring efficiently, and we all know that his deficiencies lie on the other end of the floor. So if he's playing twenty four to thirty minutes a night, which is you know he's averaging about twenty six minutes a game so far this season, you know when he's on the floor for those twenty four minutes, I'm not saying you know just give him the ball and clear out, but they just need to do a little bit more uh, to get him in ad- advantageous position to score because like you know six shots in twenty four minutes is just not going to do it. Uh, going forward like you can maybe get away with that against a team like the magic but when the schedule gets a little bit tougher uh and luca can't score 30 points in the first half um they just they have to find a way to get that balance because it feels like like what we've seen from him this season like if we're looking for ways to lighten luca's load like his ability to attack switches his ability to face up face up in the mid post he draws so many fouls he does um he's a smooth offensive player like we can bag on a lot of you know bag on whatever you want on his defense or 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 whatnot but like he's pretty effective uh when he has the ball in the mid post or has a good matchup he you know he attacks switches way better than any mavericks big has in the last three or four years certainly since luke has been drafted so 
they should take advantage of that a little bit more. Um, and you can get away with, like I said, you can get away with it in a game against the Magic. And again, I'm glad the Mavericks just won, so it doesn't matter. But just in terms of going forward, that's like they're going to have to figure it out. He's on the team. He's an important part of the team. He's kind of like the difference. Like if you're looking for how is last season's team going to get better, it's kind of on how good Christian Wood fits in, right? Because otherwise it's basically the same team. So they have to figure it out, I think, if they want to take the step that they think they have the ability to take. Well, you know, it's nice to get a bounce back win. It's also nice to get a little bit of a break because this was a lot of of, of ish over a period of days. I'm sure we'll... Really People were mad in the, during the first quarter, too. So, yeah, I'm glad. I'm well, glad I'm, I'm just – I can't wait. I can't wait for the um, for the, the post-game quotes in the sense of it's – like, none of these head coaches – because Rick Carlisle was no exception. None of these head coaches can, can help themselves from taking, like, slightly veiled shots at any form of criticism. Um, so I'm sort of looking – you know, my, my, my thoughts on Jason Kidd still stand from last night because I need more active coaching from him. And I do not like how he places himself as a bystander to the team. Um, so, you know, Iztok Franco sort of pointed out this morning because he he had the ability to parachute in after not watching the game live and say, you know, kind of kind of teasing all of us, understandably so, saying, you know, we had drama like this last year. He's absolutely he's right about that. But I just I, I don't know how long of a of of a a leash you get to make comments at your team like this that's still sort of figuring it out because it's like for every you know they they could be six and zero right now maybe they should be but they're not and where they are is much more important than what they could or should be and I just I'm still sort of stuck with the concept that he. Um, is is just what do you mean i'm i'm the coach kind of kind of stuff like that i don't know i don't know i'm rambling <laughs> at this point because last night really took last night really took it out of me um and then i woke up this morning and one of the first things i i mean we talked about this last night on the thing on the tweet but like one of the first things i saw again was isaac's isaac harris's tweet about <laughs> the mavericks are zero and one without javel that just sent me because it was, it was, it was so much funnier this morning. It was really funny last night, but it was really, it was just, it was great. Anyways, mm-hmm. um, come to Mavs Moneyball. We're going to have some, you know, we have only two games this week, Wednesday, Friday. Uh, there might be a game next Sunday. I'm not sure. I haven't looked that far ahead in the schedule, but because there's a little bit of a break in content, we have some, um, I'm going to have some weirder posts this week. I think uh, one of our <laughs> yeah. guys, one of our guys, Clint, just really is not a fan of the new Mavs man, and I am all about being goofy when we can have a little chance to laugh. So, come to the site, turning over into November. November's a big game month, so we're going to have a lot of stuff going on. Uh, thanks for hanging out with us tonight. If you haven't, go subscribe or uh, you know go download Spotify Live, and you can listen to me. Uh, and well, really, Mavs fans kind of uh, uh, riffing off. We had Tim Cato join us last night. Um, where we all kind of bullied Tim into writing a post-game column, which he did that was excellent. Um, and, yeah, just, just you know, looking forward to talking with you guys this week. Josh, you got anything else? No, that's it. Let's get out of here. It'll Let's be a good month. It. All right. Talk soon. This has been Kirk Henderson and Josh Bo. Thanks for hanging out.